Oh my goodness. I cannot even truly relay how excited I was to do this specific episode with the one and only Eldine Posniak. What first started as a connection so I could learn more about mental health within the construction industry turned into a relationship of continued learning and so much insight about what safety truly is across all organizations. Many conversations later, Eldine kindly agreed to share her wisdom and experience on the Businesses Are People Too, a podcast podcast, so even more people can learn about safety. Eldine does not disappoint as she beautifully captures how businesses can tap into their unique personality to create safety-focused cultures so that all people within our business personhood can go home at the end of the day. So... Let's dive on in and listen to international speaker and safety consultant L. Dean on what if business is intentionally defined and reinforced their safety behavior. Hello there, I'm Lindsay Harrell, your host of The Businesses Are People Too, a podcast podcast. As a brand and content specialist by trade, mental health advocate and speaker through lived experience, and a quirky Canadian gal on a mission to bring more human back into our businesses and our communities, this podcast asks the question, what if businesses realized that they are people too? Now listen in as we explore the personhood of a business, uncovering what components, connections, and nutrients these live entities need to thrive as their true original selves. A labor of heart, of joy, and of connection. This podcast is for leaders who believe in humans. Now, are you ready to hear what could happen if businesses realize that they are people too? Great. Me too. So let's do this together. All right, welcome everybody to Businesses Are People Too, a podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Harrell, and with me today is Eldine Posniak. Now, Eldine has so many letters behind her name that for me to try and say them would be a tongue twister that no one wants to hear, so I will include all of them in the show notes. But Eldine herself is the CEO of Posniak Safety Associates, Inc. in Canada, and the CEO of Diggins Safety Consulting in the USA. Now, Eldine comes to us holding a variety of global health and safety-related designations and certifications, such as the Canadian Registered Safety Professional, being a fellow of the International Institute of Risk and Safety Management, and a chartered member of the Institute of Occupational Safety and Health in the UK. Eldine is a committed, pardon me, Eldine is committed to a safer world of work, having worked in 21 different countries across five of the seven continents. Her commitment is demonstrated by her 25 plus years of experience and involvement as an advisor and consultant to various industry sectors, government organizations and businesses, and as a lecturer at educational institutions. It is also shown through her involvement in volunteer positions in safety and health related associations 
Azaldine is the past president of the Canadian Society of Safety Engineering, as well as the past president of the International Network of Safety and Health Professional Organizations. And she is the current Standards Practice Chair of the International Practice Specialty of the American Society of Safety Professionals. And that's ASSP. That is important to know. Due to her commitment and professionalism, she has received many awards and recognitions. She has been honored by the American Society of Safety Professionals in their publication, 100 Women Making a Difference in the Safety, Health, and Environment Profession. She has been inducted into the Saskatchewan Safety Hall of Fame, has been presented with both the Saskatchewan and Canadian Safety Professional of the Year Award in different years. And she was recognized and invited to have tea with the queen, yes, that queen, at Buckingham Palace for her contributions to health and safety globally in 2017. And just this year alone, Eldine received the 2020 ASSP President's Award. Now for these reasons and more, Eldine is sought after to share her passion and knowledge as an international keynote and sessional speaker. Eldine, holy smokes, goodness golly me. Welcome, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for inviting me to be with you today. I'm uh, very excited to talk about uh, your, your topic with you know, organizations being people too. Mm -hmm. No, I, when, when I first thought of this podcast, you instantly came to mind. And so I had been building up the courage to reach out and talk to you and ask you particularly about the safety portion as when you and I first connected way back, right when COVID first hit, one of the first things you and I shared, you shared with me was that making sure moms and dads, brothers and sisters go home at the end of the day. This is so connected to why you do what you do. Um, can you please share a little bit about your career and why making sure people go home at the end of the day guides your business passion? And actually forms the personality of my companies, right? So it brings that personhood to my organizations. It's based upon the passion that I have and, and that I surround the people within my organization, it, well, internally and externally, gives us the personality that we, we have. Um, and it, it is totally about moms and dads, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, spouses, partners going home at the end of the day. I, I'm a real people person and I have a passion with making sure that we have a safer world of work, that people can do what they want to do at work or at play and come home at the end of the day, or at least, you know, and at least have enough energy to have something left over to play with after they've been at work. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think it stems back from my my childhood my father asking me what I want to do in life and I said I want to do something that makes me happy and he said you know oh good no 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 shit Sherlock um how are you going to do that <laughs> and I found that you know if I could make a difference because a couple other things he said stuck with me and it was you know Eldine you've got to leave the world a better place than when you got here mm. so uh, and I found out, guess what? That's what makes me happy. And in um, growing up on a farm in Saskatchewan, safety was always one of those things that you 
looked at or you didn't look at and it affected people's lives and and uh, then you know getting into adulthood and having my first husband in an industrial accident that affected um, our life as we went along um, as uh, you know my father was involved in an accident that took his life all of a sudden I realized you know the choices that we make the things that we do the responsibilities that we fulfill you know, there's, there's repercussions and accountabilities within that. And so if I can help organizations have the structure and the culture, the system and the personality that's necessary to make sure that they have safe, sustainable business at the end of the day, then that's, that's what I want to do. I want to leave the world a better place. And if the people that are here in it contributing well, um, continue to be in it and fully functioning, then the world's a better place. Mm. Right. It's, that's, that's beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing that. So that said, in, in your experience, what do, you, what do organizations often overlook uh, when considering risk and safety in their health of their overall businesshood? Well, I, I think it comes back to that organization being a personhood. What do we personally look at in our own bodies, in our own system, in our own health, that we sometimes, you know, will we'll, uh, participate in risky behavior because it's fun or we overestimate our capabilities or we did it 30 years ago. I'm sure I can lift that weight again. Um, we might partake in... Um, things that might not be the healthiest for us, eat too much carbs or, um, you know, uh, and, and maybe not have a balanced diet or we don't rest as much as we should. So just like we know what we want to do at the end of a day, a year, our lifetime, um, we have these goals and objectives in place. Sometimes we overlook some of the, the important things structure wise, as well as wellness wise, mm -hmm. um, to ensure that we have that longevity to ensure that we're as effective and efficient as we need to be. So organizations do that as well. We, you know, get so far into ourselves, then we think it'll never happen to us, or um, we think, oh, it's okay to you know, participate in this dangerous behavior or uh, just have one more glass of wine <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and think it won't have a negative impact um, at the end of the day, but then it does. So I think just like we have to do personally, organizations need to really take a look at what are, what's our vision, what's our goals and opportunities that we have out there, what do we want to do within the time frame, and what do we need structurally and what do we need culturally in our mindset to be able to, to do that and do that well? Mm. And so by identifying the hazards that could be ahead of us, that could hurt us, the risk, how likely is it to happen and how big is the boo-boo going to be, then we can put the appropriate controls in place. And, and, I, and I think organizations, again, sometimes when it comes to health and safety, well, just like we do, we, we often focus on the physical aspects, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, is my arm broken or not is, you know, I've got an achy body, so I better not do this. Um, we also have to take a look at the psychological aspects. It's just as important as uh, the physical hazards to look at psychological hazards so that we're looking at the whole being, mm -hmm. the whole organization that's there and not missing out on what possibly can cause us harm and be detrimental to our objectives and goals. 
Well, and one thing that I'm hearing stand out, that's standing out for me is that there's these choices. And so businesses have this choice, but then you take it one step further by saying, you know, you need to identify the needs structurally and culturally. You said it better than I did, but the word is culturally. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost as a business, it's the personhood can decide and choose how risky they want to be as a business. And that's a culture choice. That becomes a culture choice. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and some businesses that we go into are just um, organically higher hazard than others, right? Mm -hmm. If, if I want to become a, uh, a police officer or uh, an emergency ER nurse, um, you know, there's going to be, or open up a mine, those are going to have some inherent specific hazards and risks that are with them. Mm -hmm. Now that they, are going to be different hazards or risks versus if I am going to work in a home office environment, mm -hmm. uh, you know, then it's going to be more ergonomics versus the potential for violence. <laughs> like, so yeah. Um, <laughs> you haven't seen me when my computer stopped having quite. Okay. Yes. And you, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, but then it's a computer that's probably going to get hurt. <laughs> yes, yeah. But you know, it depends who else is in the room. Um, so I, I think that, you know, part of it is the choice of what kind of prof professional do we want to be? What kind of life choices do we want? What kind of activities and actions do we want to have in place? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, you know, <laughs> Again, organizations are just kind of like we are sometimes unpredictably can be, be unpredictable, be unruly, be self-organizing, uh, self-serving at times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of want what we want. And if we don't have a good systematic process in place that considers the things that we need to on an individual or an organizational basis, we can create harm for ourselves and for others that are there. Um, mm. You know, and I, if we kind of go back to that question, you know, what do organizations overlook is a lot of times the primary organizational challenge that a lot of business leaders face is much like what we challenge um, the challenges facing us as a parent, um, you know, is to understand this living entity that we have in front of us and it's kind of placed partially in our care and, and you know, we have to act well enough um, you know, to make sure that it ha it's, has a productive growth and, and that it handles change and it brings value that we can let it go out into the world and, and be kind of self-sufficient, but we still need to encourage and support it all through its life system. And, and so mm. uh, I think that when we don't take that into consideration to ensure that the right, again, structure is there, the right culture, having the right communication and conversations that occur, we're setting our children or our organization up for hardship and failure even. Mm. Definitely the potential for, for physical or psychological harm. Mm. Yes, I never even thought, I mean, it could be that I'm not a, a human parent, so I've never even thought of, you know, the different cycles or stages of, you know, raising an infant to a toddler. To a to is that the order? I don't know. Yeah, to, yeah. to, to a child, to a preteen and upwards from there and the different stages and nurturing they need. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But but yeah. what I what I love here is um, is the conversations piece that you've just talked 
tapped into. As I mean, you yourself are a, a very entertaining speaker. If you have not seen Eldine's <laughs> speaking, go to her website, uh, Posniak Safety Associate. I will add the link um, and you can see a snippet of Eldine speaking. It is wonderful. Um, but you are a well-known global speaker on safety. And stories, stories, people's stories are a huge part of why you are such a powerful speaker. I'm wondering what stories do you believe are missing from businesses about safety and risk? And what does this mean for the people, for their people? People need, well, we've educated and grown from being the first people on the earth to where we are today through stories. We have uh, passed down knowledge and experience and skills and capabilities and competencies through stories. Mm -hmm. that's, that's our main mechanism of uh, conveying information and helping people to apply it to their daily lives. We can give information about a specific topic area, but if people don't understand how to apply it or use a creative mastery around it to implement it into their lives, then it's just information that's out there. It's a, a bobble on a shelf um, that people look at and go, oh, isn't that nice? Right? Mm -hmm. And so I think until people really realize how concepts personally affect them, mm -hmm. that, you know, it, they, they don't see how it can be assimilated into their life. We, we can take a look at the COVID situation that we have right now. And, you know, I, I, I almost imagine a, a Shakespearean gentleman holding up a skull and in Hamlet's words saying to mask or not to mask. That is yeah. the question, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, a COVID virus on top of its head going, really, you have to ask, um, <laughs> you know, because we have this huge debate on, you know, should we wear a mask? Shouldn't we wear a mask? doesn't everybody wash their hands? Why do I need to not touch my face? Like, um, but, on, and, and I think on Facebook, I've heard these comments. Does anybody know anyone personally who's been affected by this? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think it's a hoax. Mm -hmm. and, and really, that's one of the, the issues in how does this affect me? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I've unfortunately been touched by COVID to have lost a good friend a couple weeks ago who was very, very healthy in his early 50s. If anybody was going to survive it, I thought it would be him. Mm -hmm. I've had, um, you know, co-workers now uh, in Saskatoon, her whole family is quarantining at home because they've been affected. Mm -hmm. I, I think people need to hear the stories of how people are affected versus it's not just something that's out there. Otherwise, if we say, put this guard on this piece of equipment, we don't see how that affects us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if it did, ah, I've got an emergency system that will get an ambulance here and, and it'll be okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we'll get it fixed. I've watched those emergency shows on TV. They, they throw an arm back on pretty quickly, but <laughs> yeah. people, you know, really realize, yeah, as an organization or individual, how this can really affect us that we don't take as much notice of it at all. Yeah. So we have to create stories that get people's attention, that, that keep their attention that give them concrete images of what we're trying to convey in a very simplistic manner. Mm -hmm. We need to have an emotional component on, 
onto it so that they feel some attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it gives a, at the end of the day, a call for action, right? Um, that, that, that there becomes an action out of it. And, and I think maybe that's why I love Aesop's fables or urban legends, conspiracy theories. Oh my gosh. All of those have those components. They catch our attention. They're believable. They have an emotional content to it. It's a call to action at the end of the day. And most of the information is very simplistic. We can feel it. We can see it. We can smell it. We can believe it. Mm. So I think that's an important component of our storytelling. And, And organizations have stories to tell about things that went well and the things that went bad. We actually even create heroes and villains in our own organization. Is the hero the one that stopped the machine because it wasn't safe and didn't get hurt and and still got things done at the end of the day? Or is that person the villain? And the hero is the person who did the work no matter what needed to be done, even if it was a safety shortcut. Mm. who are we making the heroes and the villains of our stories and our organizations to send the right message to affect the personality of our company? Eldine. I mean, Eldine. (laughs) What you have said is because a lot of, what we're hearing now, particularly with regards to COVID, but um, you know, when you and I first connected, we were talking about mental health, specifically within the construction industry. And it comes down to stats. And we were talking about stats, stats, stats. And here's the thing, and, and maybe this is a bleeding heart, maybe it's not, is that even 0.001% of a population is still people. They're still people. And so what my worry is, and I think not my worry, but what my hope is, is that businesses at the very least start to realize that a business has people in it, people, human beings, they matter. And, and, and the stories are what will get there. The stats are what, you know, support the story but the stories are what are going to save us at the end of the day I think well and I think even as you put your stories together that's a part of what keeps people's attention and what Mm. what do they understand so I have to know what influences individuals and what influences an organization so some organizations just like some people are going to have more logical personalities Mm -hmm. they like things in a box they they like facts and figures if it's in a pie chart oh my god this is great. You're speaking my language. You know, don't focus on emotions so much, but focus on tasks and, and actions. And, and some of us like you and I, we're we're more, probably more emotive or um, empaths, right? Where, you know, you talk about moms and dads and sons and daughters, and we're right there, you know, Um, and, and other people want to be more, you know, collaborative and cooperative, and and they want to hear languages about, you know, engaging and captivating. And so 
I find that sometimes my stories, I can be very emotional and tug at the heartstrings. Mm -hmm. I can be very logical and put things in that perspective because I, I identify what captures their attention and what keeps it. How do they like their information packaged? Mm. So I can put twists on the story so that they pay more attention. And then then if I'm a logical thinker, I need to have A, B, and C. This is a procedure to how I do it. If I'm more of a an emotional thinker, then, you know, I can have things a little more fluffy, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, give a few more little choices in how to, things can be done. Yeah. So I think it's important as, as people like you and I, who try to positively affect organizations and individuals that we understand um, that, that they have different personalities. It's our job to be able to quickly identify what some of those components be, are, can be, and then learn to message map how, how to get their attention and how to pay attention. Everyone still likes a story. It's just how it's packaged. Mm -hmm. you know, is it a glossy cover? Is it a paperback? Is it an audiobook? It's our job to say, how do we package it in a way that people stop, take a look at it, listen, can actually um, call to action from it. <laughs> I'm so happy we're talking, LD. <laughs> it's just like, because yes, I am definitely, uh, I, would, I would definitely classify myself as an empath, but don't get me wrong, I love me a spreadsheet done well. <laughs> and I can create a beautiful spreadsheet. And my writers say to me, Lindsay, <laughs> love your spreadsheets and then my empath is like I know you do I can sense it um but yeah. <laughs> so yeah. going in though how um so so this is so it's very clear why stories need to come to the table for businesses but how though especially because you're right there are different personalities for each business how can businesses then begin to create companies uh, pardon me, how can businesses with the different personalities begin to identify their stories to get people home at the end of the day? Well, I, I think it's a real purposeful look, right? Because a lot of people create stories and, and don't even know it. It's unintentional. It's mm -hmm. the, it's the, Hey, did you hear about Paul and maintenance? Did you hear about Sally and accounting and what happened? And, and again, we either um, villainize them or we heroize them, um, you know, and how we package it to what is appropriate or not appropriate. And we just often do it without even thinking. And, mm -hmm. and these stories often get you know, passed along from generation to generation within an organization, just like the stories of within families, like, oh, you should have heard about crazy drunk uncle at Thanksgiving, whatever, right? <laughs> you have those, and, and you don't even really realize that you're creating them. I think that senior leadership, health and safety professionals, supervisors and managers have to be purposeful. They have to be purposeful and they have to ask um, intentional and influential questions to make sure that they create the right information and the right story so they get the right behavior at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, if I go back to that parent 
um, analogy, right? Because really senior leadership and management are parents of the household. Um, you know, they've got to build the household for the function that they want to send out the garage or the front door every day. They, um, you know, allow certain people to live within the house and interact and they set the rules for what happens with those people that live in the house. And it may be a variety of people, kids, a cousin, a great aunt, the hobo from next door, whatever, we make the choices. Um, but then what the conversation that we have around the kitchen table at breakfast or in front of the TV when a show is playing is very purposeful in say, asking the right questions and reinforcing the right story. Mm. And so, um, you know, at times organizations need people like you, right? That like me to help them lead to those stories, to bring them out um, so that they can pass the right ones along. Because if you continue to say this story or this is the story that everyone's talking about, is that the one you want? And, and it's hard when you're in the forest, you can't see the trees. And so you don't often hear the stories that are being told and repeated in the organization. You need to have someone take a look at it and say, here, here it is. Is this what you wanted? Oh, no, we don't want people saying that story. Okay, well, can't put it back in the closet. So how do we polish it? How yeah, do we change yeah. it? How do we create a new narrative that you want within your organization when it comes to health, safety, physical health? psychological health mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it has to be very purposeful and and some people some people and some organizations don't have the skills for that and and again that's where we come in when we consult and and talk with organizations we can help them build that narrative well, I mean absolutely is is not all businesses are the same in what they do or with their visions or where they're going but I mean just as all humans aren't but some humans, for instance, um, have the knowledge and they're able to go and get their, their nutrition organized. They have that skill. Their brain capacity understands that. Whereas then there's me and I have to go and understand, you know, FODMAP diets and what can you make without garlic, which is nothing, apparently, frick. <laughs> but I need help with that. And so I need to reach out to a professional for that because I go online and my brain explodes and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. So we're just going to eat five cent candies yeah. and that's not healthy. So, so it, it is absolutely right. Is that it's knowing how do you connect with the right people outside of your business organism to fuel that business forward and then take it to another level. And, and, yeah. well, and, I, and I tell people just, even just pay attention, pay attention for a while. Just take a step back, listen more than you talk. And my dad said, you got two ears and one mouth, use them proportionately. Mm -hmm. um, and, and listen to what are the stories? What are people saying? You know, what is acceptable behavior in the organization or not? And then go, you know what? No, I, I, we don't like that. So how are we going to change it? Or yeah, we love that. How do we feed it and, and get more of that happening? Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I've been in organizations where, you know, hazards run rampant. People will bring the, them to the forefront and they fall down the black hole of safety. Is that the story you want when new people come into the workplace? Yeah, they, they talk safety, but they don't do it. Yes, yes. Sorry, that was a that was a solid yes because that is a and and this is a whole other conversation 
but it goes down to values of safety. If your company, and, and this is what I've noticed, particularly within the construction industry, is a commitment to safety. Well, show me what your actions are. Have you, are you actually listening to the safety minutes that are highlighting the issues? Because a lot of the time they aren't and they're not being reported to OHS either. So that's a value that's so misaligned and I'm sorry, that's not okay. Now, yes, it's fluffy from me being like, I'm sorry, your value is not showing up with your actions, but here's the thing. The result is injured workers who go on WCD, who then are no longer able to work the job that they had set themselves up for, who then lose their identity because a lot of tradespeople identify in their role. And, and, and that is my biggest issue is if you are not actively living your value, then your business is a lying person. Now that's a strong statement, but. Or is, is your value aligned with what you want it to be? I get, again, I, I work globally. So I see organizations that are very ethical and moral and people centric. That's great. Most of the leaders there are servant leaders, servant yeah. leadership. That's who they are. That's how they want to run their company. Mm -hmm. But a lot of companies are very transactional. Mm -hmm. um, and, and production is first, right? Well, you know, they'll have the sign outside that says safety first. Yeah, safety first to be cut, safety first to be, you know, let go, safety <laughs> first to be Mind but, flip. Yeah, so they'll, but, but because their leadership style or their focus is transactional, they become very transactional and production is first. So again, knowing that personality, if I'm wanting to ensure more safety and health within that organization, I have to put it in a transactional language. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they just don't mm. see how that even if they're saying production is first, I can give you more production. Mm. If you have a safe work environment where everyone is working really, really well, guess what? You don't have loss to process. You don't have damage to equipment. You don't have loss to your people, which affects your bottom line. Mm. So if you want to go down that pathway and that's your value in life, because I have to say it, some people, they value money. Yep. They value people. They value production. They value their cat, their dog, whatever. Right? Like what? And, and I'm not saying that one definition is more right or wrong than the other. It's yep. just different. So yes. Yeah. So, so, but so if I value people and you value production, mm -hmm. who's uh, it's my, me as a leader, it's my job to either be part of the problem or part of the solution instead of trying to change that person's value system. Cause it's so hard to change people's value systems. Mm -hmm. I have to look at how I can connect my value to their value. Mm. And that's how I influence and connect that person to that aspect, right? So, um, you know, I can't say not eating garlic is bad for you. Right? <laughs> eating it is bad for you. And so, and no matter how hard I try to change that, it's not going to change. Mm -hmm. So I have to learn to work within it to be able to still give you that tasty spice of life that's necessary the flavor that comes through that maybe through different means so that you still can have that 
you know, enjoyment that's there mm-hmm. that your vision and, and is still fulfilled. So as a safety person, I have beat my head against the wall for so many years, trying to change people and change their way of thinking. My job is not to change people, but to influence them mm. and to influence them from where their definition is today. And for some t- sometimes I've, I've helped people change their value system. And that's been great. Other times I've showed people how to expand their value system so that it could include some of these other aspects, but it's okay. You want to value money over everything else? Great, fine. But you're going to lose money if you start hurting your people because your organization is going to hurt. It's going to bleed. You lose your hand. You lose your foot. You're not going to be able to run the marathon that you envision. So you value the marathon. Great. Well, I can help you keep your body in the right physical condition that's necessary so you can run that marathon because their only focus is that marathon. And what, what I love here is that it's not necessarily um, that, the, that what, but the value of safety is not being lived. It's that it's not connected to the bigger vision and action. And so yeah. it's just that where is that disconnect? Because when you ask people at the end, you know, and beginning of any day, do you want to hurt somebody? More than likely, 90% of the population, if not 99, will say, I don't ever want to hurt anyone intentionally, but yet we'll make organizational decisions that set people up to get hurt, either psychologically or physically. Mm. And so they don't, you know, they're not connecting, right? And, and their focus might be, and their attention taken by something else. I know a CFO will always be more interested in the costs and the money aspects. I know that a, a COO is going to always be more interested in the management of operations. Mm-hmm. What my brain should be to looking at my nervous system. My, my stomach should be focused on my digestive system, but something needs to connect them all together. Cause if they're working in isolation and not communicating really well, at the end of the day, my person doesn't function to meet the vision and goals. So there has to be that communication and connection that, yeah, that's your main focus. Good. But you still have to connect with this and you still have to connect with this to have that fully functioning organism or organization. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of us who they see as what nonprofit centers, HR, safety, organizational development and support, we're the interconnected tissues that bring all of that together so that the organization can function at its optimal, healthiest, safest level that's there. Eldine. Mm. Mm. You shouldn't have said to me, hey, let's talk about the organization as a as personhood, because I was like all over that. You're like, okay, booked. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm loving this because it's I mean, it just opens up so many minds and so many opportunities and so many conversations with different communication styles. And that's so beautiful. So this next question is is really, you know. How can businesses, regardless of communication style, although it might be impacted by that, um, begin to create a culture that values these stories for greater, more resilient and intentionally safety focused teams? 
oh my gosh, that, that, that um, there's one way and there's a thousand ways, right? Again, it's, it's <laughs> wrecking because it's not a one size fits all. It's, I can't, if I, if I had the magic wand or a little box to put it into, I, I'd be giving it away. Right? <laughs> um, everybody would have it. I, I think part of it is, is again, organizations taking some time to look at their vision and their values and, and who they are, what they want to do at the end of the day and, and how they then collect those stories and how they communicate it will be very dependent on their industry and, and who they are, or their country, the culture that's within it. Um, and, and take those kinds of things into consideration. You know, um, are they direct and indirect communicators? Do they, uh, are they more industrial? Uh, are they going to be sailors? Because the language and stories will be a little more colorful. <laughs> than maybe. <laughs> so you, you have to consider all those things within generating the, the story that's there. The story I tell in a construction industry is going to definitely be different than the story I would tell in, a, in an office environment or in a healthcare facility. Mm -hmm. So what they need to do is, is to really take a look at the, the temperament, the personality of the, of the individuals within the organization, and then build upon, build upon that. And then make sure that the behavior that you want is reinforced, that that's what we make heroes of, and mm. that the ones that we want to discourage, that's what we villainize. Mm. Because right? when we watch TV every night or we go to a movie theater, maybe once again, once COVID. Yeah, um, like, mm -hmm. Tell me more about this movie theater. Yeah, <laughs> we, we want to hear about this situation. This we want to know about how they overcame it. Mm -hmm. um, and and we want to know that that and we all like at the end of the day, the, the happy story. But we also come away from the movie that had the sad story and go, oh yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I, I would have done this to create a different outcome or, right? So we have to be able to be masters of our own movies, of our own um, sitcom um, yes. our organizations, <laughs> right? Because that's what teaches people the values and the actions, the behaviors that are acceptable, the conditions that we're willing to put up with or not put up with. Oh, Aldine. I mean, this has been uh, a mind explosion of a conversation on my side. I have notes galore. I, I am so appreciative of you taking the time to, to speak with us, us all. We do have one more question, but before we get into that, uh, where can listeners find you, connect with you, learn more about you? Um, <laughs> have you ever put your own mom or dad's name or uh, name of your best friend into Google and see what you come up with? <laughs> yeah, well, if you put in L.D. Bosniak into Google or Blink or some type of uh, search engine, I usually pop up somewhere. Uh, <laughs> there's a few pages that come up. So that's always a good thing is just, you know, put me into a search engine and, and there's various web pages and videos and stories and so forth that you can often connect uh, through with me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Um, so you can connect that way. 
uh, our websites, posniaksafety.com. I also have a Kijiji site that's Eldine Posniak. Uh, I've got a Vimo site. I got a YouTube site. I've got a, you know, so I'm just like everybody else out there on social media. So that's usually the best way to connect. Um, otherwise, Eldine at posniaksafety.com. I love emails. I love getting phone calls and texts and all those great kinds of things. So you can definitely uh, connect with me that way as well. Beautiful. And if you're wondering how to spell Eldeen, it's E-L-D-E-E-N. And then yeah. Posniak is P-O-Z-N-I-A-K. And I will absolutely be sure to put a number of these links in the show notes for people to easily find you as well. If a simple Eldeen Posniak Google search doesn't give them the results they want for whatever reason. <laughs> now... My dear Eldine, in your mind of opportunity and possibility, what do you believe would happen if businesses realized that they are people too? I, I think that hopefully they would realize that we need to be treating the organization just like we treat our body, that we go through cycles of life from conception to birth to uh, adolescent to senior years that come with its own um, unique situations and unique considerations in a business cycle and in a management cycle. And that we have to feed and we have to exercise and we have to do all the right things with that body to make sure that it functions the way we want it to at the end of the day, both physically and psychologically. So if we can analyze what our goals are based upon our uh, values and vision, we can then assess the situations and ensure the right structure and support, the right culture, the right food that's necessary for the organism, the organization to, to not, not survive, but to thrive, mm -hmm. to, to continue on a great epic grand adventure of life and, and organization. That, that's necessary. And that would be then a, a healthy and a safe environment that people could be fulfilled in what they do and who they are. That at a very old age, we're all sitting on a rocking chair on a deck somewhere, living it in our, in our, in our heads like we lived it in real life. Mm. And, and hopefully we can support the organization well enough that it'll just keep going on from generation to generation. So, Safe, sustainable business is what I want at the end of the day. Wonderful. Aldine, well, you have so given much. us so much to think about. Oh my, like I just. Well, thanks so I'm, much for the opportunity that I enjoy and love our conversations. Um, you know, they, they energize me and they, they get me thinking. And I hope that I shared a couple ideas and thoughts that, that can spur on further conversation and further thought for individuals and organizations. So thank you for the opportunity. No, thank you for, for doing so. I know that this is spurring, this will spur on so many thoughts of opportunity for leaders. And yeah, thank you so much for this convo. I, I cannot wait for the many more we're going to have. Excellent. <laughs> Take care. Big hugs, big love. Thank you. Wow. I mean, wow. What I appreciate so much about Eldine is her kindness in getting to the root of our real definition of safety, as it's not the same for every business. 
This was a huge insight for me as I learned to drop my own definition to begin adding more compassion and understanding to businesses who used a different definition of safety. Thank you, Eldeen, for your experience and insights as to how we can start to define and reinforce our business's definition of safety. And of course, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. I truly hope that you begin to identify who the heroes and the villains are within your safety definition. And don't worry, all the ways to connect with Eldeen can be found in our show notes at anchor.fm slash businesses are people too. And until next time, friends, big hugs, big love, and have a most awesome day. Oh, hello, Lindsay Harl here, just to say a huge thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of Businesses Are People Too, a podcast. It's listeners like you who are going to change the way business is done, bringing real human connection back into our businesses and our communities. If you believe that businesses are people too, and are curious about how you can add more human into your business, brand, and values, then let's chat so you can take action that actually matters to you and your people. Simply email lindsay at therightharl.com or find me online at www.therightharl.com. This podcast would simply not be possible without you. So... To never miss an episode of Brilliant Minds We're Going to Learn From, be sure to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast platform. You know, either Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Of course, if you really enjoyed this episode, you would make my heart do a wee giggle if you left a five-star rating. Now, until next time, big hugs, big love, and have a most awesome day.